Well, the regular season of the 23-24 college basketball year is just about two weeks old, and already we have our own share of craziness, and much of it coming from the Southeast Conference. So what better way to kick off Turkey Week than to start by talking about all things SEC Today right here on Lockdown Women's Basketball. Ogumbawale for the win! You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Well, hello, friends. It is Monday, November 20th, 2023, and it is Thanksgiving week and feast week for those of us that are college basketball enthusiasts. So happy Monday to every one of you. I am Missy Heydrich, and thank you for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NBA and use the code all lowercase NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Well, you can find me, Missy Heydrich, at Missy Heydrich on X, formerly known as Twitter. Be sure to follow this podcast at LockedOnWBB. And then you take yourself over to the next at www.thenexthoops.com to see all of the amazing coverage that we have there. All right. If you have been spending a lot of time thinking about menus and all the great hot, the great holiday shopping deals that are going to be coming your way, then you've missed some of the craziness that has been swirling in the start of the women's college basketball season, big wins, big upsets, big drama on and off the floor. We've seen a little bit of everything so far in this young season. So today we're going to talk about all things SEC and we've got to start about what's happening in the Bayou with the LSU Tigers. How good is South Carolina? Who else can make a name for themselves in this very, very difficult SEC? And who could eventually win this league? Who are the players that we've got to keep our eye on? Here to help me talk about all of it is my amazing colleague at The Next, Gabriella Lewis. She is a lockdown of the SEC beat for us at The Next like no one else. Gabriella, it just couldn't have been perfect timing. I just said this before we started, sort of the Thanksgiving gift for me and for all of our listeners and people watching out there. Um, You wrote an article that just dropped at The Next. I want to tell everybody to go over there and see it. But it is about LSU, the reigning national champions, Um, We know that they lost their first game out of the gate, a very different looking LSU Tiger team than won a national championship a year ago. They lose in Las Vegas to Colorado. But since then, it seems to have been a bit of a bumpy road. Tell me a little bit about what you've seen, what you're hearing, and what really do we think might be actually going on in Baton Rouge? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. You know, I think anytime a national championship team loses their home op- or their opener, um, that's going to be a huge talk. They went up against a tough Colorado team where Jalen Sherrod really uh, went on a tear and kind of shut them down. They couldn't shoot. Um, and then things have continued to devolve. Um, you know, they won a couple games. And then on last Tuesday, they were just up two against Kent State at the half. Um, and Angel Reese, their star player, uh, I think we all know her, um, she was taken out of the second half of the game. 
and then didn't play their game uh, later in the week to Southeastern Louisiana. Um, and Kim Mulkey, the head coach, was asked about it uh, multiple times, and she declined to comment, saying, you know, Angel's with the team still. Um, you know, she's a part of the team, but she's not playing currently. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of question marks. And then in addition to that, there's been some kind of online social media scuffle, um, parents allegedly kind of going at each other on social media, Angel Reese's mother and Flage Johnson's mother mostly, um, as well as also Alexis Morris, who is, you know, was a starter last year on the team um, coming forward and sending out a lot of cryptic tweets. And then Angel Reese yesterday putting out on Twitter or X, um, you know, don't believe everything you read. So, right. you know, that doesn't look good. Um, yeah. I, I think, yeah, there, there's definitely some, some questions of what's happening. And in a lot of ways, we don't know. LSU, I think particularly is kind of a lockdown school on media. They're, they're not gonna come forward and tell you exactly what's happening. Um, and I wrote a piece that came out this morning that, you know, asked, you know, is it time to worry about LSU? Mm -hmm. um, and I think you could definitely argue it is. But I also think, in my opinion, in a larger sense, no, you probably we probably shouldn't worry right. too much right now. Right. It's literally November. Um, yeah. It's not even Thanksgiving yet. Um, <laughs> and there's just so much that is going to play out. To me, it really rivals the situation in Tennessee last year where, you know, transfer star Rakia Jackson was out for two games under an unknown suspension. Um, and by the end of the year, if you ask people about that, most of them would probably have forgotten about it. Right. Um, they have a lot of new players. We'll see. Yeah. I think the interesting thing, and I had this conversation with someone over the weekend and they said, you know, what do you think is going on there? I said, well, let's backtrack a year ago this time. No one was really paying a lot of attention to LSU, if you yeah. go back and think about it. Because, yes, there were new faces and there were transfers. We knew Angel Reese had landed there. It was Kim Mulkey's second season in Baton Rouge. You're trying to figure out what's going to happen. Uh, Alexis Morris, back in the lineup. She was back on the roster. She and Kim Mulkey had had a, a long, tenuous tenure together Baylor and then back together at LSU, but no one was really paying attention. Then they started winning some games. They played the majority of their non-conference schedule at home to get confidence and build those wins. And then they sort of just made a splash early in SEC play and everyone was paying attention. You fast forward to November of this year, you win a national championship. Everybody's watching you. Totally. And you think about all the things that happened in the off season, whether it was Mulkey's new contract, all of the NIL, the SBs, the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue for for Angel Reese. You know, I mean, every time you turn on my TV, I was seeing an Amazon commercial with Fallujah Johnson and, and Angel Reese. You know, I mean, like that was happening all the time. And then, like you said, you lose your opener against a very good Colorado team who I thought was just dialed in and ready to go. Yeah. So sometimes this could just be a matter of now actually everyone's paying attention. Does it take time to mesh these new faces and those big time transfers that are now at LSU? Totally. And I think for me, and this is kind of speculative, but what I see it as is LSU faced very little adversity last year, right? They lost to South Carolina, which they were always going to lose to South Carolina in the regular season. And then they lost to Tennessee in the SEC tournament. That was kind of their one moment of adversity the entire season. Yeah. And they quickly had to get it together because it was going to be March Madness and Alexis Morris, you know, kind of pulled this team together. And so to me, I think probably what's happening is that this is kind of their first adversity they're really facing. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think Kim Mulkey, 
you can say a lot about her and but I think a big part of her personality is that she challenges her players and so and she's been in the media saying you know I am challenging them like I had never have before and like they've really never been before and so I think they're probably being challenged in a way that's really tough and that's what builds good teams um so I think that's it they're still working in this transfers and like you said I think you know the offseason it's a good question and I think a lot of people are going to want to look now to you know is NIL worth it if right. you know you're not playing well, and I think we can't really say that, but Flage said something really interesting to me at SEC Media Day. You know, I said, "I've seen you everywhere this summer." You know, I feel like there's all this really exciting stuff happening, and she said, "Yeah, it was a lot." You know, I had to lie to my mom and tell her I had to come back to school early with the freshmen. You know, Coach Mulkey's making me where I didn't actually have to. I just really needed a break from it all. I really needed to be back in Baton Rouge and work. Um, uh-huh. And so I think that's a great testament of like, it got a lot to be a lot. And I'm sure, you know, the transition from that to going back to just playing basketball is, is tough. Um, and then also that I think speaks to kind of the upside of this is Flaje Johnson's playing quite well. Samaya Smith, who I've been very high on, uh, who's a sophomore also is playing very well. Mm-hmm. And who's playing really the best on the team is Michaela Williams, who's the freshman. Yes. Um, who is incredible, you know, dropped 42 points in the the near, you know, they were down at that, or they were up barely at the half against Kent State. Mm-hmm. Michaela Williams scores 32 points in the second half of her 42 in the game, setting a record for an LSU freshman in a certain game. Um, you know, in the games when no one's cooking, she is, and she's yeah. showing this point, and including the Colorado game, she led the team in, in mm-hmm. scoring. Um, and she's showing this poise that very few freshmen have. Um and to me, I see it as when you have a team where the upperclassmen are not playing or they're not, you know, stepping up to the plate in the way they need to, mm-hmm. the freshmen get so much more or the freshmen or underclassmen get so much more reps. Mm-hmm. And then you come out of it stronger often, right? That was what yeah. Texas A&M had last season where you have yeah. these freshmen that are kind of overdeveloped where they usually would. Um, and so I think there's, if they can pull together, this actually may be really exciting for them. Yeah. Williams has been, oh, I mean, uber impressive and you have to just like her game. And as you said, just yeah. doesn't seem to, that hasn't gotten rattled, uh, seems to have embraced the opportunity, which is what you like to see from a young player. And mm-hmm. I'm with you, you know, for all the things that happen and, and we can all sit and have a conversation about Kim Mulkey and personality. Uh, the one thing I've always appreciated about what coach Mulkey has done um, previously at Baylor and at LSU is she holds her kids accountable and accountability isn't necessarily something that a lot of people want to talk about in this day and age. Um, it's hard and not everybody likes it because we know the grass is greener somewhere else and you yeah. can leave instantaneously, but holding people accountable on and off the floor isn't always such a bad thing. Uh, this LSU team, they do have a game tonight. Uh, they play 7 PM Eastern at, uh, excuse me. They are 7 PM Eastern. 7 p.m. Central, Texas Southern at LSU. That will be on the SEC Network Plus. So I have a feeling there'll be a lot of eyes on that one to see Definitely. whether or not who it is or is not in the lineup. Yes. <laughs> All I, right. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I know. Everyone, if you didn't have anything going on at 7, make sure you turn on your tele. That's where you need to be. All right. Mm-hmm. When we come back, we are going to talk about some of the other teams who are turning up the volume in the SEC. And first and foremost, for me, and I think for Gabrielle, we've got to talk about South Carolina. 
But first, a message from our friends at Prize Picks. Well, Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They make it easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from a different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions, you could win big. Ooh, by the way, Monday Night Football tonight, Eagles and Chiefs. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types of are what makes prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So go to prizepicks.com slash NBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's go to prizepicks.com slash NBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Hi, everybody. I am Missy Heydrich, and thanks for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen every day. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for your 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. I am here with Gabrielle Lewis from The Next, and she covers the SEC like nobody else. All right, we've talked about LSU. We know they're riding the wave up and down, all sorts of things, but somebody who seems to probably have, no pun intended, locked it in pretty darn good is the South Carolina team, and we know there were some question marks, new faces, a ton of young kids for Don Staley, but kind of flying under the radar until they went overseas and dominated Notre Dame in Paris. And it really was a coming out party for a young player, but it seems as though this might be a very, very good South Carolina team. One and not a lot of people in the SEC want to tussle with. Absolutely. You know, they were ranked preseason number six and within a week they're back to number one, which is basically (laughs) where they've sat for the last two, three years or so. Um, which just made me laugh sort of. I was like, yeah, of course, Don Staley's back to number one. And, you know, I asked her that at SEC Media Day. How's it feel that you're not number one? And she kind of joked, really, we're not? You know, she, I think, has heard this a million times. Um, And so, um, yeah, they look extraordinarily dangerous. Um, You know, kind of, again, they went from six to one, knocking out LSU. Um, They have five new starters, you know, many of them kind of core to the team already, right? They've got, that's what makes them so dangerous that they got this Camila Cardoso, um, Raven Johnson connection, um, but, you know, five new starters that are, are on the floor. Um, but I'm bearing the lead here. The really exciting part is Malaysia Fulawali, who is yes. um, their freshman. I mean, to me, the most exciting part of the SEC right now is the freshman. Um, yeah. She is just absolutely unreal. She's from Columbia. You know, so much about college recruiting is about, you know, staying close to home and I was talking with some beat reporters a year ago and they were like, I don't know if you know about this Malaysia girl. She's coming in. She's incredible. She's the hometown kid. um, And she's been just that, you know, she's averaging 15.7 points per game, 3.7 rebounds. She's this crafty guard, you know, sits at 510 and she's leading and scoring in a lot of games. So it's really exciting to see her play. And, um, you know, I've had friends text me who barely 
watch the sport and are like, this girl is, is intense. She's amazing. Yeah. So I think uh, that's, that's the really exciting part coming out of South Carolina. No, I would absolutely have to agree. And I think when you add in um, a transfer in Tahina Pow Pow, who comes from Oregon, who herself had some ups and downs, I know dealt with injury when she was out West at Oregon herself, yeah. but seems to also looks very comfortable. I mean, and yeah. again, we're early in the season, but for putting so many new faces, and as you said, five new starters, there seems to be a pretty simplistic comfort level right now, of what we're seeing on the floor, ball movement, um, unselfish play, finding open players, understanding that when you've got a six center in the middle, like Cardoza, you got to get her the yeah. basketball, but she'll also clean up messes for everybody else. I mean, yeah. there's a balance here to South Carolina that we maybe haven't seen for a couple years. You'd have to go back one or two to when they won a national championship. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And I, yeah, Tina Pow Pow is, is awesome. Um, and, you know, I think what struck me at SEC media day is that she was already the leader of the team and, you know, this is her first time really outside the West coast playing yeah. basketball. You know, she's, she's a California girl that went to school at Oregon and, she really seemed kind of comfortable on her own. And I asked Bree Hall, you know, I was like, so who's who's kind of stepping up as a leader? And she was like, yeah, Tina, you know, myself a little bit. They're, that's really kind of the group. And, and Bree Hall is also great. But I'm also just so excited about Camila Cardoso. You know, I joked last year, it's almost unfair to bring six, seven off the bench. Um, yeah. And, you know, now she's finally starting and she was SEC player of the week in, in week one. And she's just so dynamic and she won a world cup with Brazil this summer. Mm -hmm. um, so she's really an impressive player and she's just got a, a size that's really hard to play against. And so I think she's going to continue to blossom. You know, I think she could totally be up for SEC player of the year um, and it'll be really fun to watch, but I completely agree. I think there's, there's balance to this team and, you know, also there's something going into it of, of their kind of the hunters now, not the hunted. And yep. I think, there was in, in the way that LSU is having a tough time because they were kind of the, the top of the pack and where everyone's trying to fight for, mm -hmm. you know, South Carolina is already back to number one, but it was another thing Don Staley said of like, it's kind of nice to not have that pressure of everyone's hunting for you these last right. two years. Yeah. And not even pick to win the SEC. I mean, LSU, right. you know, when, when the numbers came out and the preseason polls, it was LSU that was picked to it. Now South Carolina is second. And then I believe it was Tennessee third, Ole Miss fourth, Mississippi right. state fifth. But, you know, like you said, when that target isn't necessarily on your back from a national standpoint, or even in your own league, uh, that there's a little bit of, you know, you could take a deep breath and then you can just kind of concentrate on what happens in your own practices and in your own locker room, which from the get-go seems to be an incredibly dialed-in group. Totally. Uh, South Carolina, they play tonight, uh, Monday the 20th. They they host South, South Dakota State, SEC Network Plus. That is a 7 p.m. Eastern game um, for those that want to tune in. A South Dakota State team who is missing two of their best players out for the season because of season-ending injuries. They look a little bit different. We'll still be very, very good in mid-major yeah. in the Summit League but not at all, I think, the team that Aaron Johnson wanted to be taking to Columbia, South Carolina tonight. Um, a huge challenge for them, but also a really good challenge, I think, for South Carolina because it's a different type of system, a different type mm -hmm. of, of, you know, that's one thing about the non-conference you hear from coaches is go schedule different games so you see different teams, different systems, so that you're ready for not only your own league, but what you're going to see in the postseason. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And South Dakota State, anyone who knows women's hoops, like you don't want to count them out. They're, uh, no. they're always tough. 
Absolutely. And they've had very good games when they've played each other in uh, uh, neutral sites where they've done that mm -hmm. in Sioux Falls, South Dakota and other places. So I think that could be a very good game. All right. Now, when we come back, we're going to talk about more of the teams and some of the players to watch as things are going to continue to heat up across the SEC. All right, everybody. Well, the score early this NFL season, we know we are in the midst of it with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. I said it earlier, it's Monday Night Football. It's Eagles at Chiefs. So you can either go Philly or you can go Kansas City. I live in Kansas City. Everybody around here, they bet on the Chiefs. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options to include spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Hi, everybody. I am Missy Heidrich, and thank you for joining us here on Lockdown Women's Basketball. I'm back with Gabrielle Lewis, and we are talking about all things SEC. All right. Let's talk about some of the other teams, some of the other players to keep an eye on. Um, I always say there's usually somebody in the league that I feel like I'm bullish on in every league across the um, across the country. Pick one, SEC, ACC, et cetera. Um, I'll be honest. I am a huge Sam Purcell fan, and I'm a I am I'm I am on the Mississippi State train at the moment. I um, had the chance to have Coach Purcell on this podcast um, this fall, talking about his program, what he's been able to do. Um, a little bit of like his mentor Jeff Walls, a master of the portal, goes in and finds kids that he needed to fill spots. And I think this Mississippi State team could really be on the cusp of doing something really, really big this season. Totally agree. Yeah, I think Sam Purcell is, is so easy to love um, and his players agree with me. Um, <laughs> I, there's there's really I, I completely agree with you. I think the, the really the most important thing that they did was the portal. Um, they brought in some really incredible, you know, there was a lot of incredible portal ads throughout the SEC, but um, you could argue that Mississippi State was some of the best. Um, they brought in Lauren Park Lane, who's incredible out of Seton Hall. Um, they brought in uh, one of the best players on Arkansas. Uh, they, they really had some really exciting moves. Um, and so that's really exciting. But potentially even more than that um, was being able to keep uh, Jessica Carter. And Jessica Carter is their 6'5 um, center, who's really been kind of the, the center of the team and She's had a lot of adversity in her game, but really has kind of come back to it. And um, her her whole team really loves her. And I think anyone who was kind of following the Mississippi State stuff, she was putting out some cryptic tweets, and it was really exciting that she for the team that she was coming back. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Mississippi State has had a little bit of a rocky start. You know, I wouldn't call it rocky, but you know, they've still got some things to work out. But yeah. Um, you know, I think they're going to be really exciting. Um, regardless, um, I think they just need to kind of find their footing um but it, it's going to be very exciting um and they they have a, they lost a lot of players they lost the most players actually out of their team of any team but it doesn't feel like a rebuild and i think that's an exciting part and sam Purcell talked a lot about how last season it was about building his trust of his players and now he has that trust and so yes. i think he kind of can really bring them along um so yeah i like i said lauren park plain aaron barnum uh darian rogers 
Jessica Carter, all really important, uh, you know, either additions or, or keeping that are going to be very important to watch out for this season. Yeah, no doubt about it. And they were on the road at Belmont yesterday, I think get a big win. And I think those are kind of the ones yeah. where they have to, you got to grind it out sometimes. And it was, yeah. you know, whether it's always going to be pretty, it's not going to be fantastic, but you just got to figure out a way to do it. And on the road with the team that's still learning and learning how to play together and learning to win together, um, that's a huge step for them. All right. Talk to me about Tennessee. As you said, you know, kind of mirrors what we what we were talking about earlier with LSU felt like a lot of what happened with Tennessee last year. Huge expectations at the beginning of the season. Didn't get off to a quick start. Inconsistency throughout. I felt like kind of the whole year they really yeah. rode the wave. You know, what I mean, like there were times where it was, you know, they were just on it and then boom would crash with a, a very uncharacteristic like performance. Uh, talk a little bit about Tennessee, what you see right now out of Knoxville and and this team that Kelly Harper has put together for 23-24. Yeah, no, I think Tennessee is really exciting. Um, they're ranked number 15 right now. Um, uh, you know, I think the big question for Tennessee is Tamara Key, um, who is their 6'5", uh, 6'7", six, six, center, who was out uh, for all of last season and now was coming back very slowly. And she's only playing a couple minutes a game. She's averaging less than – uh, two points and only 2.3 rebounds, which, you know, ideally for them, they want her at a much higher, higher standpoint. Um, you know, Kelly Harper was actually on this show talking about it. And she talked about how Tamar Key is their eraser, right? You know, and that's when you have an incredible big center, right? Whenever you make a mistake, it's fixed by, by someone like Key or yes. Cardoso or uh, Jessica Carter or anybody. Um, so when I think Tamar Key kind of comes back to those minutes, they're going to be seeing something, you know, a little bit kind of better um but again they had a transfer a great transfer portal yeah. destiny wells at a belmont who you know if you've watched mid-major hoop she was awesome um avery strickland from pitt who was great jewel spear who's potentially the most exciting out of wake forest again one of the really great transfer crops in the sec um you know right now i think they're kind of coming back to it they played usa basketball which was really fun um but uh, you know which was going to be an obvious loss and and was um they lost to Florida State, but Florida State's a great team, um, and they had an OT win over Memphis the other day. So, you know, I think they've definitely got some things to work out still, like I said, Tamari Key, um, but, uh, and also Rakia Jackson is out with a leg injury for the past couple of days, who's, you know, kind of their star player there. Um, but I think if they can get their personnel right, they're going to be really dangerous. To me, Jillian Hollingshed is potentially the most exciting player on that team, you know, junior who is, uh, you know, six, five, you know, last year really started to kind of come into her own. Um, and it's just now really looking good. And it's really beloved by her teammates. I think one of these players that everyone wants to succeed. Um, and again, people like Jules Spear are also just really fantastic. So, uh, they should be a very exciting team. And, um, I think, like I said, once they get people back on the court and playing, they'll be exciting. They're playing Indiana on Thursday, which I'm really excited to watch that game. I think, what I saw in Tennessee last year is when they played against big opponents, they played better than worse opponents. Um, mm -hmm. They really know how to step up to the plate. And I think they can do the same. They're without Jordan Horston, who went to the W, but um, I think they're going to be better this year than they were last year. No, I think so too. And I think it's just all about creating some consistency oh, and yeah. not, you know, and so when you can get Jackson back and she's healthy, that helps a ton. Uh, they play f at least four top 25 teams yeah. before mid-December. I mean, so this is a tough schedule here early. I feel like they're going to learn a lot about themselves just yeah. in what they have to do as you think about moving towards SEC play. All right. Another SEC team that I think is incredibly interesting started the season in a lot of polls, has drawn a lot of attention as Ole Miss. 
um, a lot of people that came back, a lot of returners, but also a lot of new faces. Um, and it's the foundation of what that team was able to do a year ago. Um, success in the NCAA tournament can catapult you and it puts you on the map. People pay attention, eyes look at you, but also people say, hey, that might be a place I want to go play. So with the portal, that's great because you can jump and go and find a new home. And I think LSU has done that with some key transfers that they have. They took one on the nose to Oklahoma. I thought that was an interesting loss early for them. Um, but just talk to me a little bit about Ole Miss and, and what that group looks like here early in November. Yeah, Mississippi, no one wants to get me started in Mississippi. I always got to have a million thoughts about them. Um, they're so exciting. I, I think last year out of the tournament, they became really the darling after beating Stanford. Um, and I think everyone kind of was was really excited and a buzz about them. And like you said, had a great transfer portal. They got Kennedy Todd Williams at a UNC, Chris Richardson out of Auburn, and then KK Deans out of Florida. Um, all, you know, maybe not the flashiest players that, that everyone in the country has heard of, but really solid. Um, yep. And yeah, they, they've had, they haven't like played the most, I would say the best they, you know, are going to, right? They had an opening or lost to Oklahoma and Oklahoma is a great team, right? You shouldn't yeah. feel too bad about that one. Um, and a kind of couple other, you know, bumpy roads. So I think they started at ranked something like number 15 and now they're down to 23. And, you know, I think that's, that's good for them. Ultimately, you can't yeah. continue the trajectory always and never lose. They're going to lose. Um, but they are really exciting. And I think the thing that people should think about there is Markeisha Davis, who's fantastic, who um, was a transfer last year and really came into her own, is just an incredible player, really exciting, you know, led the team last night in a win against Arizona. Um, and Madison Scott, who I think is yeah. going to be first team this year. Madison Scott is really exciting. She's a forward with a ton of length. Um, I wrote a piece about her last year. Um, and, you know, she was a McDonald's All-American, came into uh, Ole Miss when they had won zero games in SEC play. And she, yeah. she was like, I believe in this. And so I think what's so exciting about this story is that her and both Seneca Collins came in at a tough time and they really believed in Coach Yo and they saw that happen and they continued to see the trajectory. And so I think Mississippi is really exciting and all of the team, I think, thinks they're going to go to a final four in some ways, which is really an exciting belief to have in yourself. Yes. Um, and Coach Yo has been kind of like, all right, well, we got to slow it down. You know, I, I, like an elite eight would be great. But, yeah. you know, I think as long as they don't get ahead of themselves, they can go into something really exciting. And, you know, the fun part about Mississippi is they play the greatest defense. You know, they're yeah. so fun to watch. And so, um, yeah, they're, they're going to have an exciting season. And I, I honestly think these losses are probably going to help them, you mm -hmm. know, slow it down, kind of find who they are again. No doubt about it. And you mentioned Madison Scott, part of the preseason All-SEC first team yep. there at Ole Miss. All right. Uh, a couple other ones. We've talked about Mississippi State, uh, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, South Carolina, Tennessee. Um, I know Arkansas has gotten off to a quick start. Georgia, Florida. Is there anybody, as you look at this league and say, all right, keep an eye on, they might be the sleeper that's going to, you know, going to bump up. There's always going to be people that are going to steal some on the road. Somebody's going to get beat at home that's not supposed to. But when you look at this league top to bottom and think, all right, when it kicks off in January, et cetera, who do we need to keep our eye on? Texas A&M. 
I I had him top four, I think, in my original SC predictions. You know, now huh? maybe I'm getting a little more realistic, but they are fantastic. They're coached by Joni Taylor, who's, you know, one of the best of all time. Um, they've got Janiah Barker, who's a sophomore, who if you don't know about Janiah Barker, look her up right now. She's incredible. She's leading the team with 13 points per game. Um, she is, you know, played in USA basketball this summer, like one of the most exciting young talents we have. They got an incredible crop of transfers, including Lauren Ware out of Arizona, who has the best stat line, I think, in the SC right now. She's averaging 12.3 rebounds and four blocks per game. Um, and then India Rogers out of Oregon, who's got five assists per game. You know, she's really looking good. Um, they And then also, um, you know, they've got Aisha Koulibaly, who's out of Auburn. So they brought in a really great transfer group. Um, and they're really, I think, going to be dangerous once they can kind of build this. And like I was saying earlier, their team, I think the blueprint of like, having a lot of freshmen and having a lot of time for freshmen to play. They had the second youngest team in the SEC last year and their freshmen got really good. You know, Sydney Bowles is another great player. Um, and because of that, they kind of have an overdeveloped younger class that others don't. And then you bring in the transfers and it's just really exciting. So I think Texas A&M is easily going to be, you know, top of the SEC and I can see them making the tournament. All right. Well, they're on the list. And Janiah Barker, that name, everybody keep uh, uh, tabs on that because she also part of the All-SEC preseason first team. And you heard it here, Texas A&M. That's the one to keep your eye on, folks. Don't get lost. All right. Gabriella, this has been fantastic. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you uh, when you're not doing all the other things you have to do. Yes, absolutely. Find me on Twitter or X at underscore Gabriella Lewis. That's Gabriella with two L's. Um, I'll be over there talking to see hoops always. Awesome. And she is at the next and you've got to get over there. www.thenexthoops.com. Her newest piece just dropped and we talked about it at the very start of this show. All of the craziness and should be we should we be concerned about LSU? Well, she's got the answers for you there. All right, everybody, you can find me at Missy Hydrick at X, formerly known as Twitter. All of my amazing colleagues at The Next also follow this podcast at Locked On WBB. Well, thank you for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen every day. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. So Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. From our family to yours, I want to wish everyone a wonderful Thanksgiving week. Hopefully your time will be filled with family, friends, food, football, and more college basketball than you could ever, ever hope for. Cheers, everybody. Have a fantastic week.